joining us right now from uh, Northern California uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area is my longtime friend and a um, sports business uh, expert, uh, longtime executive in all four major sports. That's Andy Dolich. Andy, how are you? Good morning, Stan and Craig. I have three votes uh, if I have a second. So You've got a second. I'm going with, I'm going with Bob Melvin. Uh, As manager the of the year? Most underrated manager in baseball. Um, number two, Chris Davis. He's had a magnificent season. He's the most underappreciated long ball hitter in the game. And number three, I'm voting for Nick and Pete to come out to San Francisco and bring as many <laughs> really, crabs as they can. He really well, listens here, to the show. But, this, but, guy, yeah, exactly. this guy does his homework. But here's the deal. If Nick and Pete grab the Costas brand right. and take it out to San Francisco, you can and replace, let you, can replace the, you can replace all those Dungeness crabs yeah, and everything else that they sell on the pier out there. Uh, those are big, lunking, dumb crabs. Yeah. They don't have the elegance of blue claws. Let's yeah. let's be real. Yeah, no question about it. Boy, you really do your homework when you're going to be a guest on this show. So Bob Melvin, Manager of the Year, Chris Davis, MVP. Do you think it works out that way? I don't know, uh, but the A's are probably – uh, the most underappreciated magical story in Major League Baseball this year. Yeah, I, I mean, would, I any would agree. any pundit. Do you guys know any baseball pundits? I I think but, the two of us are both baseball pundits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, we have to figure out how pundits is spelled, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, the fact that they've just come out of no place uh, with a lot of great players. I mean, you just look at their corners with Chapman and Olsen, Sean Manaya before he went down to Scotty. Um, they're, they're just magical. And the way they win games, they could be losing 8 nothing in the eighth and come back. Their pitching staff, you know, name their starters. They've, they've gone through 14 or 15 pitchers. And I don't think anybody wants to play the A's. The, the most amazing guy is Edwin Jackson, who pitched for both the Nationals last year and the Orioles last year and couldn't mm-hmm. quite stick. And was he with the Nationals earlier this year? Briefly? Uh, very briefly. Yeah, and then uh, Billy Bean takes a flyer on him, and he's uh, pitched very, very well. The Manaya injury, though, is a real backbreaker uh, because he wouldn't he start game, you know, the first game – of a, the first game, the only game of a wild card series would have been Manaya's uh, if it would start three weeks ago, right? You'd have to say right. It is a significant injury, uh, but if you just look at the Bay Area, you know, and you guys have your Bay Area, um, I guess there's a Green Bay Area, but we don't have to worry about baseball. But out here, the Giants have suffered through a terrible season. Yep. And the A's. Um, you know, are now starting to gain even the local notoriety that they didn't have two or three months ago. The ongoing problem that they have is they can't draw people to the stadium. And we've talked about this before on the show, and it's a really difficult issue. So, um, so my question for you today to start off our conversation really is, has the play of the team bolstered the interest in the team, made them more relevant. Is that translating into any traction on a stadium idea that could stick this time? Well, you look at it sort of 
like in EKG, they've had some games where they've done big numbers, but those were all major promotional games. Or when they played the Giants in the Bay Bridge series, the Yankees were out here. But just recently, they had the Mariners come in, and they're working against the Mariners, uh, and the Astros were out here on a weekend, and the attendance was poor. I mean, I believe pretty strongly that it's not just one issue, but many. Mm -hmm. And they've been bad for a few years. Their owner um, plays the role of Howard Hughes. Mm -hmm. John Fisher has never once been interviewed in 13 years about his team. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that is mind-boggling. To me, Uh, you could speak to Kim Jong-un easier than you could talk to John Fisher. (laughs) And, And so people are trying to figure out. The A's have said that by the end of this calendar year, with not too much time left, they will make a decision between the existing Coliseum site, mm-hmm. and as you know, the Raiders are leaving in a year or two, the Warriors move into their new building next season in San Francisco. So they've said they'll either build a new ballpark at the Coliseum or at a location called Howard Terminal. Right, uh, which is right near Jack London Square, more towards downtown Oakland, but it's in the port of Oakland, and it has some very, very significant environmental hurdles. Is that the, is that also the gondola? Is that also the gondola site, the Howard <laughs> Terminal? I'm, I'm glad you brought up the gondola. Yes, that's the gondola. That's how they're getting people to park across the yeah. highway and then gondola over the highway mm-hmm. in San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote a Oakland. piece in which I used a picture of the gondolas in, in Italy <laughs> as the way they'd actually get to the game. Because right. you could get to the game by water. But yeah, they were, they were talking about putting this crazy gondola across 880, the 10 lanes of the interstate. <laughs> and I just imagine what happens at rush hour when the gondola malfunctions, which all gondolas do, and uh, 10 lanes of... The roads are uh, put into gridlock because they need to bring a fire truck to get somebody off the gondola. (laughs) Very quickly, uh, before we get back to this, uh, and and this is my fault because I forget Miguel Andujar is a rookie. He's the rookie here in the American Uh, League. But Gleyber Torres with the Yankees uh, certainly. uh, Andujar's had a terrific But the other guy I was thinking about from the White Sox uh, was uh, Daniel Palka. Yeah, uh, he's had some pretty good numbers this All year. Right. But yeah, but it, uh, Miguel Andujar far and away. All right, now and so- I'm glad and I'm glad you brought that up because when I was with the A's, we had Joaquin Andujar. Uh-huh. I think the I think the late Joaquin Andujar. Yes, he yes. passed away. Correctly. Yep. Yep. And he had one of the greatest post-game comments of all time when he was interviewed, which was, "You never you know." Never- you never know. One of the all-time great baseball. Charlie players. slows. So thank you for reminding me. Charlie slows the play-by-play guy on the radio for the Nationals says, and we we were in we were in uh, in Lakeland, Florida, at Joker Marchant Stadium, preseason game between the Nats and the Tigers. And the Tigers. And Charlie somehow or another something happened in the game where Charlie had to use that reference. And Charlie. Goes into his Joaquin Andujar imitation, and he just blew out. I mean, we were laughing so hard in the back of the booth, and the booth's probably just about as small as this studio yep. is right here. And, but he just said, he says, as Joaquin Andujar used to say, you know, the one thing about this game is you never, never know. know. 
And wherever he is right now, he's saying that with a big smile on Yes, he is. You know what's making the, the uh, an incredible little sports marketing phenomenon is this uh, That's Baseball, comma, Susan. Yeah. John Susan. Sterling, there's a T-shirt out of a, a saying that John Sterling always says to Susan Waldman in the booth, that's baseball, Susan. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great little holiday gift for you to contemplate buying your wife, Andy. Well, Dulwich. what about you guys? Do you guys have a slogan that I could get a T-shirt? If you don't, time to start working on one, right? You well, can, yeah, you do that. Yeah, the bat around, it's, yeah. it's worth a listen. I don't. I, we haven't had a slogan. We <laughs> no, but had you, a slogan. look, we get Resig to do the the, the caricatures yeah. of you and me, yeah. and we'll put on a T-shirt. All right, that's. I think good. you go to your vast listening audience and have them help you create the marketing line. All right, uh, it sounds good. It all sounds good to me, Andy. So, getting back to the stadium, though, uh, mm-hmm. I know you've been a proponent for, for years now that the best site is still the site that they're on, uh, the, the footprint of the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Correct. And do you think that they're coming around to that? Because all these other ideas just sound, at this point in time, to be pie in the sky to me. Well, literally over 13 years, they've had six or seven locations. We've talked about the whole San Jose desire that they had, which the Giants' territorial rights put an end to that. Um, I believe there's a bit of a hidden ball trick in A's latest strategy, which is I believe they're going to announce Howard Terminal. Really? And when you when you think about all of the extra costs, you know, the boring parts of infrastructure, where you're literally dealing with a few hundred extra million dollars, which the A's, I'm sure, have no interest in paying. Right. I think they'll go to the city and the county, you know, who own the Coliseum, and say, well, why don't you pay all those infrastructure costs at Howard Terminal? Because that's Oakland land. Mm -hmm. And when the city and the county go, absolutely not, they'll go, okay, we have another solution. Why don't you give us the 150 acres of buildable land now that you have the Raiders and the Warriors gone. Right. And we'll take that as not just the development of a new ballpark, but all of the other great opportunities to make money, which is retail, residences. Um, The Coliseum has a tremendous transportation infrastructure that's already built and paid for. So the A's would be essentially, the A's would essentially be going into the business of business rather than the business of baseball at a new stadium development. Exactly. And Stan and Craig, if you look at what's happening in sports, Mm -hmm. it is the fact that you build a ballpark and it changes a market. And I think there's a place called Camden Yards, which... Uh, arguably, is the first that really did this successfully. But all you have to do, it. all you have to do, is look at Nationals Park and yeah. what's been exactly what's yeah, I mean, been if, built uh, around at Ameri- that at American University. Mm-hmm. You said Anacostia back yep. when. Let's go to a ball game. You'd say, "What are you talking about?" And now, if you look at the miracle of what the Giants have done at mm-hmm. AT&T Park, where the Warriors are going, um, what's happening in LA with the football stadium, Atlanta. Uh, every major league baseball uh, team and every major sports team is looking at the development of a mixed retail residence use around their ballpark 
and they're turning, literally turning the millions of dollars into billions of dollars yeah. that they have an opportunity to generate. We're speaking with Andy Dolich, longtime executive in all four major sports. He's a uh, sports marketing consultant these days. We're talking with Andy about a whole host of things. Uh, San Francisco, I want to flip over to the uh, from the A's to the to the Giants. They've suffered through back-to-back very disappointing seasons, yet their fan base is still very much supercharged. Do you look at the – and they have not had the gigantic salary of one player since Barry Bonds retired. Do you see them as a real threat in the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado market this off this offseason? Well – the, one of the leading uh, sports radio voices here is Gary Radnich. He's been on the air for 35 years, and that's all Gary talks about every day, Harper, Harper, Harper. And he says that team president Larry Bear is totally focused on Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no way of knowing that. Uh, AT&T Park is not normally a hitter's park. It's definitely not a home run park. Okay. Um, and. But, know, it the, is, but it is a money-making park, though. I mean, a oh, big it is money a money-making yeah. park. And I would think and McCovey Cove is going to be pretty, uh, uh, pr- pretty attractive to Bryce if that happens. Yeah, Bryce should get a kayak sponsorship. He'll make <laughs> another, you know, fifty million bucks. I've been trying to sell that to the Giants that they should have some kayak company out there because that gets more TV time than the games. Isn't there that, isn't that there is, isn't there a company called Kayak? You know the uh, that does like sort of uh, airplane reservations or something. Yeah, like there that. are, but I'm yeah. talking about companies that build kayaks. Yeah. that's a story. For All right, that's day. a story. For I me. mean, the Giants, the Giants uh, conversation here in the Bay Area is this time to blow this team up. Madison Baumgartner, Posey, Crawford. I mean, they've got some great pieces. Right. But it's just not working. I mean, Mad Bum, you know, is beloved here, mm-hmm. but he's been injured. Posey's been injured. Um, and there's a lot of talk, uh, the pressure on, uh, you know, Brian Sabian and Bobby Evans and Larry Bear. Uh, they're even talking about, is this time for Bruce Bochy to go? And he's beloved out here. Mm-hmm. He's done a magnificent job and is probably a Hall of Famer when you think about it. Yep. Oh, um, three world titles? So, you better believe it. Yeah. Yeah, so the the debate here is, hey, it's time to blow this thing up. But then you look across the bay at the A's and go, wait a second. If we become less important than we are now, and the Warriors are are magical, and they're coming to San Francisco. And the 49ers are about to possibly dawn on a new era there. Well, yeah, they're only going to be 15-1 and one now that yeah. they lost their first game. You know, <laughs> people are disappointed, and they already want to move Jimmy G because he threw three picks. But that's, you know, that's the way it works here. There's tremendous competition in the Bay Area. I mean, we have eight pro sports teams, Stanford. I mean, you've got a lot going on here. And the Giants really do have a decision to make because they've had a great organization Hard to believe that next year will be the 20th anniversary of AT&T Park. Yeah. 20 years. That's That's, sort of hard to comprehend. That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So my question is, in that effort to be relevant, you see them as a player for the biggest and the best in the free agent market. Absolutely. Um, Here, you're big or go home, and you deal with significant athletes 
Uh, again, you look at the Warriors, they have four stars. You have Jimmy G, who's the matinee idol here. You know, John Gruden, Chucky is a big deal here. Um, and the A's have a vast array of young stars who are getting noticed. Um, so I think they've got to play, whether it's Bryce or somebody else will be seen. But what they need here is a banger. You know, they yeah. need somebody that everybody is going to talk about, write about, and debate. It'd be like, Stan, if we went through a show and we didn't mention David Rubenstein, I would say we exactly. really didn't get to exactly. the, of the really, map, right? I, I got you. I got you covered. Remember, remember the old days of, uh, and I go back to 75 for this, when <clears throat> the Wizards and the Warriors played, and the Coliseum at that point, a uh, pretty new building, but uh, they had rented it out for some kind of concert, and they couldn't play the finals games against the Bullets. So where they play? At the, Cal, at Pal- the Cal, Palace. Cal Palace. Yeah, absolutely. Right. What an aptly named building. And now with the Warriors, <laughs> now with the Warriors leaving Oracle, right. you know this high tech corporate name. There's never going to be another major pro team playing in there unless it's you know indoor water polo. Um, so it's, it's ultimately going to co- become Oakland's cow palace. So that's why I say, if you just knock these buildings down, mm-hmm. the A's can build their beautiful ballpark mm-hmm. there, control the land. Yep. Um, uh, that's where I think the hidden ball trick is. That's what I, why right, I think so that's what you're predicting. Howard and ultimately go to the Coliseum. I got one last question for you. I'm going to throw you a curveball. You're, you're watching, the embrace between pro sports and gambling right now, correct? I mean, you've got your eyes on that, right? Absolutely. Um, is there a play, this 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 use of the opener by the Tampa Bay Rays has got me really thinking that I think that Major League Baseball may end up passing some type of rule that disallows that because how would you bet on baseball games if suddenly multiple teams start sprouting up using openers? Because people bet baseball based on the starting pitchers. I, I spoke to a intelligent journalist, um, which is a bit of an oxymoron, but I did. Okay. And he, he follows what's happening in gaming. And I'm confused like many people because it's what everybody's talking about in all the sports probably other than hockey. Right. When is the last time you can talk to a friend who bet on the NHL? And it's the beginning of the beginning. Leagues, teams, states, federal governments haven't quite figured out how this is all going to work. Yeah. And when people look at the billions that are bet illegally, they just think that money is going to flow to the teams and the leagues when you have all these other constituencies. So I think this is really the frontier. There's a lot of crazy ideas that are going to come out. I don't know that anybody is a leader in the clubhouse figuring it out. But you look at the NBA, you know, they have a global entity. Um, And, you know, think about playing a game in China or Singapore or some other place. But this one... But this one yeah, specific this one specific topic, though, and I know it's a little off the beaten track. Uh, in other words, how would people bet on a baseball game? And again, I'm not talking about fantasy baseball. I'm talking about betting on outcomes of games. How would uh-huh. they bet on games 
when Kevin Cash is starting Ryan Stanek, who you know is only going to pitch one or two innings, and then you don't exactly know who he's going to use in innings three through six, uh, it would make those games almost impossible to bet. Well, in the world, in the world of digital communication and nanosecond affirmation, uh-huh. I, I see the prop bets in sports as being a significant factor. Okay, where everybody thinks they know what's going to happen next. How many, you know, yeah. how many managers do we have that go? I would have pulled this guy. I would have brought this guy in, and they make that decision after the play happened. Right now, if you've got big money, or if you've got a twenty on a bet that you've made you're going to find out pretty quickly how smart or dumb you are. So I think it's going to be more on the prop bet side um, so that the thousands of debates that we might have sitting together yep. in a game, we can literally bet on them. Interesting. Interesting. That is very interesting. I got right. one other topic for you, uh, Andy Dulwich, before we go. You've probably observed how this happened uh, that Brent Musburger, who I understand it's his son that's actually started that network right. in Las Vegas, the gaming, mm-hmm. the gambling uh, satellite uh, radio station or something like that. How does that play into Brent getting the job in Oakland in a team that's moving to Vegas? Is it all part of the embrace between that network and the Davis family. And the follow-up to that, too, is what did Bob Papa, how did he handle all of that? Because I know he's on the air out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stan and Craig, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I happen to believe. Well, that's what we like. That's what we like. The Raiders would never have gone to uh, Las Vegas and get the humongous money, $750 million from the state, $650 $650 million with a bank loan that immediately popped up 30 days after, remember, Sheldon Adelson was going to be the number two guy. He was blown away. And so I think the NFL, back to your original question, wants to use the Raiders as their gambling lab rat. Okay. And I'm great friends with Greg Papa. I hired him. Touchdown Raiders. He was the voice of the Raiders. Yep. He's handled it in a very professional fashion. And I have nothing against Brent Musburger. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. But they took away the voice of the Raiders while they were still in Oakland. Yeah. So I don't get, unless there was, you know, clearly Brent and his son um, have found a niche in gaming. And Brent has been in it for many years. But I think there is, um, there is definite connection to what they're doing, how the NFL is looking at gaming. And the Raiders um, will be the ultimate Pavlovian lab rat mm-hmm. as the NFL. And, you know, it's a good, it's a great place because Las Vegas has the toughest gaming rules in the United States, and they know more about it than anybody. All right. He's Andy Dolich. We always appreciate your coming on. What do you got? Greg? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you talk about Hall of Fame broadcasters. Uh, with Brent Musburger, but the guy before Papa, you know, obviously the late Bill King, uh, was the Raiders broadcaster for so many years. One of my favorite calls was the Holy Roller game in San Diego the year uh, after they had beaten uh, or were beaten by Denver in the AFC championship game. Uh, Same year as the Ghost of the Post here. The following Mm -hmm. week, they lost to Denver. But in the, I'm just not. I'm I'm lucky enough to know Stan and Craig, but I also worked with Bill and Lot Simmons <laughs> for 15 years well, with the Oakland A's. So in in that perfect duo, again, 
have Nick and Pete send me. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Send me a dozen out of here as my uh, ongoing great payments to be on with you guys. The, the Holy Roller game out in San Diego, yeah, uh, where Casper picks up the ball in the end zone after Stabler fumbled it forward. Yeah. Okay, and Bill King says. Everybody's out on the field. John Madden wants to know whether it's real. The officials say yes. Get your big butt out of here. <laughs> well, and on that, I remember. I remember Bill King when he was the voice of the Warriors because uh-huh. I used to be a ball boy for the Baltimore Bullets in 1965, and I'm pretty sure Bill King was the voice of the Warriors back then. Uh, absolutely, and the eighth, you know. The odd part about this gentleman is that Bill King, I've had something to do with a group that wants Bill King to be in all three broadcasting halls of fame. Well, that would be deserved. Yeah. And the only one that he's in is baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago. He he is one of the greatest football announcers of all time. And his best sport, as far as I'm concerned, basketball. Did he? Li- so I, I, he we, was an incredible basketball announcer. Did he live in Sausalito? He, he yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, Bill King. I'll send you some articles. I mean, Bill He's the best. was truly a Renaissance man, uh, a wonderful human being, and one of the great describers of sport in mm-hmm. the history of our games. All right, Andy Dolich, we thank you for your time. Talk to you Have soon. A great. Have a great weekend, fellas. All right. Thank you very much. He's the best. <laughs> he's great. What? Dolan. Dolan. Oh, he's yeah. fantastic.